It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced, white local racing just across the river. On 23rd Avenue at Council Bluffs. Uh, might be a little bit difficult to get to with the redesign of the interstate, but if you're heading from Omaha... Just follow the signs to South 24th Street. Uh, take the exit there. Uh, go across uh, what that Sap Brothers there that uh, is on the side of the road as you get off on 24th Street. Yeah, you got Sap Brothers, and I think you got a pilot on the other side yep. of the street there with the Arby's in it. And, uh, Very good restaurant, by the way, um, as we're down in Quaker Second and Lubricorton tonight. Uh, but a couple of good new restaurants over in that area, local local restaurants. Uh, Salty Dog's pretty good. I hear they got nice beers there. And... Uh, the porch. So as you swing around that area and uh, and start heading what would be west, west uh, you'll come you up on Quaker Steak and Lube. Tyson Chicken. Yep. You'll go past the Horseshoe Casino. Yep. You'll go past the Mac Center. Yep. And, and then, then it's, start looking to the right. You'll go past the Hooters. Yep. That's on the the south side. Yep. yep. And you'll start to see the Holiday Inn Express and, and uh, Joe's Carding's located right behind there. Great family fun event. Uh, highly suggest you guys get over there if you haven't done it yet. Uh, it, it's one of those things that I hear so many people that say I've been meaning to get over there, meaning to get over there, and I keep telling them you got to get over there, you got to get over there. It's just too much fun to be to be wasting your years away talking about how fun it will be. And then I finally get a message from them. Oh my God, I went to Joe's Carding. I've never had so much fun in my life. Yeah, I had uh, a lady one time. I told her about it because she was looking for something fun to do with her boyfriend on a date night. And it was like three weeks later, I hear from her. She goes, I went to the racy place. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, don't they have a real expensive sign? Like one letter is worth like 15 grand or something uh, yeah, like that? Yeah, it's, it's the $15,000 G. <laughs> we'll have to tell that story again sometime. But uh, I want to talk about uh, what, uh, what we saw this weekend, hit a couple of news and notes. And then I believe I decided in turn number two, uh, we're going to be talking with, uh, do you want to play Kevin Zeitner or Mike Densberger? I could go either way. What do you think? Either way. Uh, let's go Mike Densberger. Let's play Mike Densberger. And we'll, Kevin, we'll get Kevin on the show here in a couple of weeks. Well, at least we'll play Kevin's interview here in a couple of weeks. All right, let's talk about some of the headlines. Obviously, the big news in NASCAR, the Bush Clash was a complete and utter failure. Oh, wait, I'm reading on Facebook. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, and Facebook is mixed, actually. Yeah. It's very I, mixed. It was, um, it, it was very saddening to me because if you guys have listened to the show long enough, you know I'm an eternally optimistic guy. I'm a, I'm a, I, NASCAR spent a lot of money building this. They put, them, put the operation in a huge area. You know, they, they went outside of their box and tried something different, and I didn't know if it was going to work or not. They probably didn't know if it was going to work or not. Anybody that had half a brain knew NASCAR didn't know if it was going to work or not. But they tried something different. And it was really frustrating leading up to it. And just people just would not stop bashing on this because they wanted the good old days. Well, I still can't understand why they jump on a NASCAR site and say, I haven't watched it for 10 right. years. Right. Well, then what are you doing on a NASCAR right. site? Yet here you are. You know, come on, Karen. My name's Billy. No, it's Karen. No, it's Karen. It really is. <laughs> uh, but, Dirk, you got to watch more of it than I did. I was bartending at, uh, at the library that night. 
that day, so I didn't get to, I got to see glimpses of it, but I, I couldn't hear the, the, uh, the, the announcers, I couldn't follow the storyline, so kind of walk us through what, what you saw for that race. Well, I posted after the very first heat race, and I watched all the qualifying. I watched, I missed like the first two minutes of practice just because I had the time wrong. I knew it was coming up, but I watched all the practices except that first little bit. Um, I saw good things. I saw bad things. I saw, um, as I expected, some guys got in the car for the first practice, and they were a full second faster by the last practice, you know. Uh, I knew it would probably be pretty much a one-groove track, and it basically was. Most um, of your short tracks are. Sometimes your, it's your the short inside. track, you, you guard the bottom. And yeah. this, tra this track had two degrees of banking, so it was flat. Flat, yeah. flat, flat, flat. Um, the only thing I didn't know, uh, or that I found out later, after uh, about three-quarters of the actual clash itself, after Justin Haley got wrecked out and the car got tore up, left front was really beat up on the car, and he got put into the inside wall. Well, the inside wall didn't have any safer barrier. The outside wall was all safer barrier, but the inside wall was concrete, and it you could see the difference in the damage that was put on the car. Yeah. Um, but I post on Facebook after the first heat race, I said, if any, if, or if, if the 2022 season with the new car is going to be anything like this first heat race, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, uh, they ran four nine-car heats. They didn't have a, a yellow, a caution until the fourth heat. The, for anybody that watched, the two 50-lap consolation races were... The, the first one was pretty good. Um, the second one was had Ty Dillon in it, and he hit everybody at least twice because he couldn't pass anybody unless he punted them. So he would punt somebody in one and two, and it would take him a lap or a lap and a half, and it was a 50-lap race to get to the next car, and he would punt them. He uh, did, punted everybody. Did he hit the pace car? That's what I post on Facebook. <laughs> Jake Neal. Jake Neal was talking about it. Somebody was talking about it on a post Jake had made. And uh, even Tony Stewart, the best line of the whole show was his commentary on, well, Ty Dillon's not making any friends out there today. <laughs> and uh, But some guy on Jake Neal's post had said something about Ty Dillon hitting everybody. And I said, well, he needs to hit the pace car. He needs to be perfect, just like the Tom Cruise yeah. and, you know, Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder, yeah. And, uh, but he got his way to the front, then jumped a restart, got sent to the rear. But again, via the punt, he hit everybody a second time coming through and got to the front, had a restart with three laps to go, and jumped the restart again, won the race handily, but got disqualified by NASCAR for jumping that restart. And there really wasn't anything they could do to him with, you know, three laps to go yeah. when he jumped it. The laps were running in the, the 13, upper 13, low 14 second bracket. By the time they made the decision, yep, that's the right call, the race is over. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, they'd already announced him. They were announcing the field, you know, how the field was set, and they'd already announced that he was starting 18th, and then they come back from a commercial and said, oh, you know, we've got news for you, development. Yeah. Um, the only thing that surprised me is they allowed Martin Truex not to run his 50 lap Feature. And, of course, he was going to be in the second one, the last chance race. So the, he, you know, he missed out on the demo derby. He, they just asked him. He goes, well, I'm going to save my equipment. I get the provisional. I'll see you for the clash. Right. And started tail end Charlie on the clash. So um, the, the clash had a lot of good racing, um, a lot of bumping and running. Uh, 
the, the track was so small, there'd be spots where two cars would get together in the middle of the turn, but the car that looked like he was hitting the other car was being pushed by one or two cars behind him. You see this at Martinsville or yeah. something available, you know, occasionally. But here you saw it a lot. And uh, so there was some retaliation here and there. Um, there were a few guys that, you know, got beat up, got knocked out. There were a few uh, mechanical issues on the new car. Um, Denny Hamlin went out in the feature with a... Uh, uh, power well, he said a power steering issue, which uh, they've got rack and pinion now. But as anybody in the dirt track world knows, you can still have a, steer, uh, a power steering pump on a rack and pinion unit. But evidently, he lost the belt, and then when the belt went, somehow it took the line with it. So that's kind of odd. You would think it'd be a steel braided line, but mm -hmm. uh, something happened. It, it took the line off and kicked all the fluid out. Uh, they didn't have a problem with it on the track. I know they. I never. They didn't drop an ounce of, of uh, dry uh, floor dryer or yeah, anything really? on the track. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, a couple of the things I saw. Um, I think the, I, I did listen a little bit uh, to some some uh, highlights, and it, it kind of feels to me like you know NASCAR did a lot of work doing the testing. They do a single car test, a two car test, and then they did some group testing. And I think they found out a lot about this original version of the next-gen car that came out. They made a lot of changes to it based on when you put it into competition mode, you're like, oh, wait, that's not going to work. And I think even after all that testing they did, there's still some stuff that they're going to look back on and take advantage of to not really being on the track for about a week and see what changes they can make that probably won't take effect for another month to month and a half because it's going to take time to manufacture those parts and, and make adjustments to them. But I guess my point is there's still more work to be done on this next-gen car. Oh, yeah, there's still more work to be done. The first uh, mechanical failure was actually during the practice with Chase Briscoe, and he said, he goes, I've got no throttle. Well, as he explained later when they interviewed him, um, there's just a uh, I always called it a Jesus clip, but a little clip that holds a throttle cable on, and evidently it dropped. Well, when you'd be taking them off That's, like a, no, I, a carburetor or whatever, yeah. the thing would fall down, you go, Jesus, where'd That's it go? That's exactly <laughs> my dad goes, you know why they called this a Jesus clip, and he's messing around with it, and I go, I don't know why, and he clamps down, and he goes, bing, and he goes, because every time it does that, you go, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he said the clip fell off. They didn't have that issue again. Uh, he ended up with a rear-end issue later. Um, so they, they really didn't have the same issue twice, so it's not like they ran into a big problem. I was disappointed when they did their halfway break. They uh, um, did not show any of the pit action, and it wasn't your standard pit. They did a break, they pulled cars into a pit box, and they took like a 10 or 15 minute break and you know, made some adjustments. Some guys changed tires, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So you didn't really get to see any type of pit stop with it. I've seen a couple on uh, Facebook here and there by uh, Gibbs Racing posted a couple, and I've seen a few other teams do it. Um, they decided to run a little Ice Cube concert instead. Yeah. You know how I feel about rap music. Mm -hmm. I mean, music is like eating candy. Now, if you're going to listen to good music, it's like eating good candy. The first thing you do is throw away the wrapper. <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't well, much too into that. And, and that, that small of a racetrack, there really wasn't much of a pit road for them to be able to do yeah, no, like they, a competition-style pit stop. Yeah, no, they, could, they couldn't do that. They, the modern-day NASCAR team couldn't run on a track that small. Mm -hmm. They just can't. 
you know. Now, do you know what they're doing with that track? Because there's they're now conversation that they may be going back to the Coliseum next year. Then they'll rebuild the track again. Um, but they they're said they're tearing it up. There, right. was, there was some talk that they were just going to cover it with dirt and put the football field on top of it. But I don't think they've got the room to do that yeah. with the way it's set up. So, yeah, they, they mentioned yesterday a couple different times that they're going to tear it up. Um, I was very disappointed because NASCAR has been touting for several weeks that this was a sold-out race. Yeah. And as me and Dan were talking, you know, is, was it sold out because they set a limit on how many tickets they could sell? Um, I'm thinking it's California, and they've got this face mask ban. There was very few face masks anywhere, you know. So I, I, well, don't... I, I did see some in the clips that there was – it was a very few amount of people, but if you got a wide picture of – couple hundred people, there'd be 50 or 60 masks. Well, when they kept doing all the people that were up hanging around when they had the Pitbull concert and when they had the uh, Ice Cube concert, which they had, I think it was down in turns one and two, um, they had a bunch of people, you know, just being like at a concert. They were like right up at the stage type deal. And uh, there was not a mask to be seen. You know, they were all singing the songs and, and dancing around and everything else. Um, the uh, it must have been eight or ten grand marshals for the event. That was a little interesting. Um, and they uh, Jeff Gordon held a ceremonious uh, torch, and they lit the torch for the. Uh, it's had two Olympics so, there in '32 and in uh, 2008. Yeah, I was and just going to ask is, that. Wasn't there Olympics there? Yeah, and it is scheduled to have the 2028 Olympics. Oh, huh. yeah, it's back on the books to come again. I'm, I'm really surprised because when NASCAR did the dirt race at Bristol, uh, whoever it was, if it was NASCAR or if it was uh, uh, Speedway, no, who owns Bristol? Speedway Motors? Who's that? Speedway Motors owns Bristol? Yes. Uh, what's his name? It's Bruton Smith's operation. Uh, they took full advantage of putting dirt down on that racetrack. And, uh, well, when was that? Was that during the feature or was that during the heat yeah, race? during the feature. Okay. A lot of empty seats. Well, again, it's, 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 but sold out is if California tells you you can only sell 50,000 tickets and you sell 50,000 tickets, I mean, as a Nebraska Cornhusker fan, I would expect you to understand oh. that. Oh, I totally understand. The Cornhuskers are cheating when they well, say they've been sold out for the last two years because. Well, they are sold out, but if oh, you yeah, get. because they get... sold the number of tickets that are available in that stadium. And if can't, if. California says you can only sell 50,000 tickets, and you well, sell 50,000 tickets. It's a sold out whether the place holds 150 or not. But when they were doing practice on Saturday, Tony and Clint kept trying to sell tickets. <laughs> you know, and, and I I'm don't actually, blame them. I'm, I'm Googling it, trying to find where they've said the Bush Clash just sold out. I can't find anything. Oh, I know they, the they said it on Race Hub a couple, time, a couple times. And, yeah. you know, but I was just... But, it, let, but look at the, let's look at the bigger picture of it. It had a good that, crowd. That was a good crowd yeah. for a NASCAR race not being in California for two years, right? No, just, just one. Just because just last they, year. they ran before the, the COVID break. That's right. In 2020. Okay. Uh, but, and to be in California, again, that was, that was a huge stage for NASCAR. And whether they turned a very, very small fraction of people onto their sport, that's a great thing for them. And I, I, think, I think that everything they tried to do this weekend – was a big gamble, and I, you know, only time will tell if it will pay off. But a brand new car, a, a brand new racetrack, uh, in a, I, I think everything went as good as NASCAR could have hoped. Pretty much, you know, um, I'm not calling a failure by any means. Yeah. Um, was it a total success? I, I'm sure NASCAR is going to think it is, but 
the only people it was really a total success for were the people that were there at the race. Looked like beautiful weather. Well, the weather was great. Um, to sit at home and watch all the, the Mickey Mouse stuff in between the races, the concerts, and all that, you know, yeah that, yeah, that ruined it for the however many millions were watching at home. Yeah. Well, you know? I, mean, I mean, we could have been at Knoxville and just sat there. Not and not really done anything. We've done that. We've oh, sat yeah. there for We've 45 minutes and Absolutely. thought, the hell are we doing here? Yeah. They run just, three, I'm, I'm literally falling asleep. Three at the races and we're there the for four hours. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, a good race, and Joey Logano ends up getting the win, which was uh, made a lot of uh, NASCAR fans happy that Kyle Busch didn't get the win. Uh, Joey definitely had the fastest car. I was... Just watching, you know, glimpsing up and watching as he was able to catch up to Kyle. And Kyle caught a couple of breaks a couple of times, being able to get the lead back. Uh, you well, know, whatever he happen. still had to move Kyle. Yeah, and, and he did, you know, because Kyle's going to keep, Kyle knows, protect the bottom. I'm going to keep the lead for a while longer, but Joey was much faster. I think that I heard the commentators during one of the replays, uh, during the highlights, say, uh, Joey's car just carries through the corner a lot better than Kyle's does, and it carries off the corner better, too. And it was only a matter of time before Joey got there. Well, and see, Kyle or uh, Joey was one of the guys that made huge strides. He made a big improvement even after qualifying. Yeah. You know, um, like I said, Kyle had the field covered in qualifying. Kyle was fast from when they unloaded. And when they interviewed him, he says, well... He goes, this is kind of like a few years ago when we quit doing practice. He goes, there's times I adapt to something new, but I, you know, I like having practice. I like being able to adjust on the car. Here we came and we unloaded and we were fast, but we made a ton of adjustments mm -hmm. to keep gaining. Yeah. You know, he goes, I can pretty much tell you by the middle of the season, a couple of these teams are really going to catch up. Well, a lot of them caught up that day. Now, Brad Keselowski was so far out to lunch, so far out to lunch. Martin Truex couldn't get around the turns. You know, there was a lot of these guys with a lot of experience that were just large. Kurt Busch struggled. Um, Bubba Wallace was up and down. Um, got bounced around a little bit, but still uh, finished in the top three in one of the 50 laps when he made the feature, mm -hmm. even though Kurt Busch had got shoved into the wall and he got car pretty beat up. Eric Almarola was the first one to go into the wall. And uh, when they interviewed him, you know, they said, hard hit. And he hit the safer barrier, but he said, uh, a lot harder hit than I was expecting on this <laughs> little track. Joey Logano ends up getting the uh, Bush Clash win over Kyle Bush. Austin Dillon comes home third, Eric Jones fourth, and Kyle Larson fifth. I peeked up and watched. Uh, <sighs> uncharacteristic of Kyle Larson, but uh, who was it that he was racing with that he was not happy that kind of chopped him? Justin with, Haley. Yeah, and stuffed Kyle definitely wall. stuffed him to the inside wall. I mean, there, that was Carl Edwards blatant. Yeah, that, that was when they talked about uh, the wall being concrete on the inside because mm -hmm. it tore Haley's car up. And Haley said, Kyle will look at the film because that was a deal where Haley got pushed into Kyle, yeah. you know, by a two or three car deal. And... Uh, uh, but he'd set the fastest lap of the race. So. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I'm not criticizing Kyle at all. I, I think uh, if you look over the history of NASCAR drivers, you have to push back. That oh, was one absolutely. of uh, – they don't call Dale Earnhardt Sr. the intimidator for nothing. He won a lot of races because you looked up in that rear view mirror and you saw his car and, oh, gee, you got intimidated because you knew he had a history of moving people. 
Uh, people didn't tend to pick on Dale Earnhardt because he would get you back. Oh. I think I think Mark yeah. Martin missed two or three NASCAR Cup Series championships because he was too nice. Well, so when Kyle Larson does something like this, I, I think it's something you have to do in this sport. Well, Dale Earnhardt, the Revenger, just didn't sound right. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> it didn't have that Intimidator ring. <laughs> stuff. But, uh, yeah, you know, when you saw him in your mirror, and, I mean, that's what the guys, uh, Boyer and Stewart, were joking about in the booth yet, you know. He goes, wow, he goes, what do you think you're thinking if you look back and you see uh, – uh, Ty Dillon in your rearview mirror. Yeah. You know, what's your spotter saying to you? <laughs> you know, uh, speed up, speed up, go faster, go faster. Uh, Will, yeah, William Byron <laughs> came home second, uh, sixth, Cole Custer in seventh, Christopher Bell in eighth, AJ Allmendinger with a uh, top nine finish, and uh, Kevin Harvick rounds out your top ten. So that was the top ten finishers at the Bush Clash uh, at uh, the LA Coliseum. Uh, overall, I, I think it was, uh, like I mentioned, I think it was a, a great opportunity for NASCAR, and I think that they ended up pulling it off and making it, uh, making it an event. Well, um, yeah, like I said, I'm not going to call it a failure by any means. Uh, for the stuff I'm used to, like I said, and having to watch it on TV, you know, it was, it was still entertainment. Um, I think there are going to be some very good races this year. Yeah. Um, the car held up pretty good with all the beating and banging. Um, uh, you know, I, that was something I did notice. There was some really, really hard shots to the bumper, and that front end stayed uh, firm. You didn't see the hood pin up, which at that track wouldn't make a big difference, but if you're at, at a mile-and-a-half track and you hit somebody like that, and the, the, the last-generation car had a huge issue with that. Well, You, you tapped the wall just a little bit too hard. You got into somebody's bumper. On, on pit road or whatever, and you made slight damage to that car, your day was off. Well, the, the cars, when you went to Martinsville, the bumper had another 10 pounds worth of bracing behind it. Yeah. Just as these cars here do now, but now it's part of the car permanently, so they won't have to do that at Martinsville or at New Hampshire or at Bristol, all the extra work they had to do before. Yeah, so I, I, so I like that factor. That I, it really bothered me that the cars, the previous generation was so aero-dependent and I think it bothered NASCAR and it bothered fan, their drivers too. And so that was one big thing they tried to do was make these cars less aero-dependent. Yeah, but they still got a splitter on them, so they didn't take I the aero-dependence out of it. So You can't give but, us everything. But we're going to see some good racing, and I am sure one or two teams are going to figure out the half miles or something, and we're going to see some very lousy racing. And all these crew chiefs and everybody are starting with brand-new notebooks on tires and tire pressure adjustments and all that. Um, it's, it's a totally different car. It is, what, what's what's uh, Brad Keselowski's famous quote? Give us two or three races, we'll screw it up. Oh, yeah, but he's at the point now, you know what his new motto is? <laughs> the six doesn't give up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they the, ran around well, the back a lot. And, and I, I got to imagine, he, he probably knew that going into it. This is going to be a very difficult year for him. Well, and he probably went because of the new car. Yeah. Everybody that, be on the same page. Right. That, that organization is so far behind that, I mean, Brian Newman wasn't able to do much with it. Nobody has been able to do much with it since Carl Edwards and Matt Kenseth. Well, Chris Buescher has been competitive. Yes. At times. And I give Chris Buescher more credit because I think he's working with significantly uh, slower equipment than guys at, at the big houses, the Stuart Haas Racings. The, you know, when, when somebody's not able to succeed at Stuart Haas Racing, 
that throws up a big flag rather than, um, and I give more credit to, to Chris Buescher for being able to succeed at Roush Fenway Racing. Right. And we'll see what they can do over the coming time. But I, I think that Brad Keselowski's got the money, he's got the sponsorship dollars, and he's got the drive behind him. That same drive that made Jack Roush so dominant in the sport for so long that we'll see what happens with, with Brad in the sixth car. But uh, we take a weekend off as, I guess there's a football game coming up this Sunday? A what? Is there, there's a football game, I think, coming up this Sunday. I don't know um, if it was anything like the football game that was yesterday. They played touch football for the Pro Bowl. That, I don't know what they're trying to do with that. That, yeah. that got weird. All, the, the basketball and the football all-star games now are a total joke. Yeah. I did see a, um, <laughs> a good idea that said, uh, hey, how about instead of a game of touch football, how about we let the worst two teams in the NFL play yeah, I saw that and too. the winner gets the first, the first overall pick? pick. <laughs> Okay, that's something. But anyways, uh, uh, by the way, you can watch that football game at Quaker Steak and Lube on the big screens on Sunday. Uh, I'll be up at the uh, library pub doing my bartending shift, and I'm making my mom's world-famous chili, uh, taco chili soup. So uh, there's going to be a big Super Bowl going on. Soup, herbal. It's a soup cook-off at the uh, library pub on Sunday. So I'll be there. Uh, one of the few times that I'll miss the Super Bowl at Quaker Steak and Lube, but uh, I got to be where the job takes me. Uh, so uh, you're welcome to stop out there. We highly encourage you to come out to Quaker Steak and Lube and watch the watch the Super Bowl. Uh, all joking aside, who do you got for Sunday's win? Um, in the back of my my mind, I want to see Joe Burrow win. Yeah, he will be the first quarterback to ever win a national championship, the Heisman, and the Super Bowl. No other quarterback has ever done that. And that's pretty weird when yeah. you think about some of these quarterbacks. I mean, a lot of them won the Heisman and won the Super Bowl. A lot of them won national championships and won the Super Bowl, but nobody's done all three. Right. If he does it, he did all that in three years. That's insane. I, I'm a little bit of a I, – I believe that Matt Stafford deserves it. The man has been in isolation in Detroit for his entire career. Exactly. And he doesn't have a lot of time left. Oh, I – I give him the edge. Yeah. I really I, do. I hope that he wins it. And, and another thing that helps me feel better about it is that Joe Burrow, he's in his third season. He's, he's in his second season second as a season. quarterback. He's got time to get it done. Who knows if he'll be able to get back. Well, but I, I, I won't be unhappy either way, whoever wins that game. Yeah, I, I think it's a great matchup. It's mo- one of the most intriguing matchups they've had in years. Um, uh, Zach Taylor, Cincinnati's coach, is a former mm-hmm. Husker. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't – I mean, he's coached magnificently in the playoffs so far. Will he keep it up during the Super Bowl? We'll see. A lot of pressure. Uh, McVay's got some time. I mean, McVay's been around the league a long time. Um, so I, I, I'm just going to give the coach the advantage just on experience to the Rams, too. So um, – and that's why they're a small favorite. Yeah. And it's a home game. Yes. Uh, and by the way, did you see the NFL uh, unofficially announced that in order to uh, stop this uh, home field advantage for one of the two playoff teams, uh, Super Bowl playing teams, that they're going to officially uh, formally move the Super Bowl to the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> you know, anybody that gives Facebook a hard time, you're not paying attention to the good aspects of it, and the memes are on point. Well, yeah. And I mean, they, they could have said the Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah. you know, they could say yeah. Chicago, yep. you know. There's a lot of teams. They, anywhere Aaron Rodgers plays, <laughs> <laughs> they could say a lot of things. But uh, uh, All right. Uh, yeah. So then after the Super Bowl is over with, once again, get out to Quaker Steak and Lube. 
they always have some great specials uh, and some uh, some great opportunities to get out and have some have a good time. So. Come watch the Super Bowl at the Quaker Steak and Lube. And then the following weekend, we'll be down here for the kickoff to the 2022 NASCAR points season and the 2022 Pick'em's Contest presented by Rick Haven Ridge. That's going to be on Sunday, February 20th, starting at uh, noon. We'll, we'll be, be down here, here uh, yeah. handing out prizes, you know, doing like we do for the uh, season-ending party and the season uh, kickoff party. By the way, I got the trophy on order for Jeff, so that should be in uh, middle of next week. Well, speaking of that, I did talk to Jeff this week, and he's had something come up, so he can't make the Daytona party. So he said, can you just pick it up for me? I said, well, I'd rather you get it presented to you. So you live in Kansas City, and it's like the 14th and 15th. There's a race down there. Maybe we can hook up there. And he goes, just a second. And he comes back, and he said, no. He goes, (laughs) his youngest is graduating from Creighton on the 14th. Oh, my God, of course. We'll so, be down there, and he'll be up here. Well, I just told him, I said, what's the chance that you guys come up Friday? And he goes, well, that can be arranged. Yeah. I said, well, maybe we could hook up Friday night then, because we probably won't go to Kansas City until Saturday morning. Yeah, we'll come down here to Quaker Steak, do a presentation, have some wings, and talk over some beers. Yeah, the only thing bad is, is Rick will probably already be in Kansas City with the camp yeah, out and whatnot. Probably. Yeah, that's why I was trying to set something up down there. I said, well, maybe Saturday down there, you know, we can all go to dinner or something, because the guy that sponsors the contest and everything will be down there. And he says, yeah, that's the last one's graduation from Creighton. <laughs> and the other one's got a deal going this week. That's why he's going with him. They might be. I think the other one was expecting a baby, so uh, that's why here on the 20th he can't be up here because he said he's going to be down in Arkansas, which is where his older son lives. So, so this uh, Sunday the 20th will be uh, we'll have the trophy on display. Yeah. Uh, that way people can see what they're going for, along with all the prizes. Well, a lot and, of the uh, people have already seen it because they've been yeah. coming for a couple of years yeah. now that we've had the trophy. It's a it's a very unique trophy. And it'd be something to be cool to have. I might just go buy one just so I can say, because I won the contest way back. When. <laughs> you do deserve one, by the way. Maybe we'll have to work out the budget sometime to see if we can get you a trophy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if, if you want to get involved in the contest, you've never done it before, it's a lot of fun. All the rules and information can be found on the podcast we put out last week, which was uh, we went through and, and talked about all the different rules, the ins and outs, a, little, a few tips. But uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's absolutely free thanks to Rick Haven Ridge of Wealth Partners. You want to get involved, send us an email, frontstretchradio at gmail.com. So that's the 2022 Daytona 500 party and the kickoff to the pickups contest. Uh, let's talk about some of the other news. I, I, I wanted to touch on this because it's particularly close to what I'm about to go through, but Team Penske had their number two car transported to the uh, uh, L.A. Coliseum on uh, Sunday by a fully electric Freightliner semi. Now, I was all excited because I thought, well, that's really awesome. I'd be interested to see how far, you know, when they came from North Carolina, how many, how long it took to charge and how many times they had to recharge. Uh, it, it, it came from up the road in California. Yeah, it, it didn't come across the country. Yeah. No, uh, but, I, but that's very exciting because I, I know that one of the major issues you know, when, when you talk about the rising cost of everything, it's because of gas. When, when diesel skyrockets, that gets passed on to the consumer. So if they're able to, to cut their uh, uh, power costs in half by switching to electric, I'd be interested to see if, if they could build a semi that could go for, you know, what, what do they go, six, seven hours at a time, eight hours at a time, and then they're required to take a break? Uh, as far as the driver? Yeah. 
Well, obviously NASCAR drives tandem, so right. you know they can pretty much almost go nonstop. But uh, yeah, I think they uh, they're allowed to do an 11 hours of driving in a 14 hour time frame. But I think they need a half an hour. It's either a half an hour or an hour off after seven hours. Yeah. So, I, you know, there's obviously enough gas stations out there that could easily convert to a new charging station. And when they roll up, you know, I'm excited to get my car because that's I've, I've already said it in my head. That's going to be great opportunities for me to stop, go through emails, go through text messages, get caught up on stuff. I charge my car for 20, 30 minutes at a time. Uh, I, I could take time out of my day and, and do that. It, it should be really easy to do. I'm, I'm interested to see what these are, what these semis are able to do. But uh, uh, you've got you've got specific places you have to go to charge your car. Oh, not really. There's, there's about 45 charging stations in Omaha alone. Well, but still, that's there's got to be a thousand gas stations where I can go. So you've got specific places. Yeah, that's a thousand opportunities that could switch to electric, and I don't know why they're not yet. I mean, why wouldn't you put in because a couple of charging not, stations? Well, why you wouldn't put a, a couple of them in, I don't know. But to, for everybody to switch, it's not anywhere near that yeah, yet. Yeah, these, these boxes are about the size of a to-go box from what I've seen. I mean, they're, they're small. And they just mount right there on the wall, cable with about a uh, six-foot length on it, and it just goes into a parking spot. Yeah, but all the wiring that's up to that box, I mean... Those box are what five hundred and thirty volts, I think, uh, I for the fast charger. The I don't know what the superchargers are, but uh, the three tiers are one ten, two twenty, and then I don't know what superchargers are. But the but the the little charger that you're basically your house charger, where you could just run an extension cord yeah. out of your house type deal. Yeah, um, that's like a, a sixteen hour charge from empty to full. Yeah, it's 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 slow. Absolutely. And the, the 220 the, the, charge, if I remember right, it's like three and a half to four hours. It, the time frame is always iffy, but it's... Well, it depends on how much, how low your charge is. The 110 will do about three to five miles per hour. The 220 will do eight to 11 miles per hour. And then the supercharger, it, it, that still takes quite a while, but it's because the, the charging slows down as it gets more full. So... Uh, 10% to 50% will charge in 20 minutes. Well, they had, uh, they had a guy that we're sitting across here at, at Quaker State from the Highway 66 sign. Mm-hmm. There was a guy that drove a Tesla down uh, US 66, went from Chicago out to California, and he documented everything. Yeah. And uh, he had, if I'm remembering this right, because I'm trying to go by memory, I think it was a total of 30 hours in the charging stations. You know, he had roughly like 350-mile range. Mm-hmm. He actually did one of his charges in Lincoln. Um, and then he documented all his time charging, but then at the end of his charging thing, because there was like two of them that were like 15 minutes, and there were some that were like 40 and 50 minutes, and he said most of the places when we stopped to charge, we tried to get food, kill two ter- beards with one stone, so to yep. speak. The couple times where it's 15 minutes, we just took the full charge, which we... We didn't go down to nothing. We left about 30 miles worth of range, and so we were having to charge for like 320 miles. It was about 15 minutes on the supercharger. Yeah. So this it's it's funny that we're that people have this conversation because people talk to me about it all the time like, well, what are you going to do when you run out of power? And I'm like, well, what do you think your grandma and grandpa did when they got their first car and there wasn't a thousand gas stations around town? What you do is you don't run it down to empty. <laughs> you. You plan ahead, and, and Tesla does a really good job with that from what I've seen. When, when it gets down to a certain percentage, it's like, hey, these charging stations are within your area. You need to go and charge up. You need to up. go now. It's not that freaking hard. I mean, it's, but it's, 
again, coming back to the story, I'm, I'm, I think that's a really cool thing. And another thing is, I, I'm, you know, we, we've all been behind a semi on the interstate, and you start going up a hill. Well, it goes from going 75 to 65, and I'd be interested to see what they're able to do with that constant same power if they're able to keep up to speed like, like the rest of us will be able to. All right, another one, a uh, little sponsorship announcement. Good to see Kroger returning to JTG Doherty Racing. Not much to say there other than it's always good to see sponsors coming back. Uh, our good friend David Starr announced on his podcast that he may have an exciting announcement coming up as far as it comes for Cup Series racing. Uh, David raced a uh, record amount for him, seven Cup races last season. All those for, were for Carl Long and MBM Motorsports. But as it goes so far, he hasn't had anything to announce, but there should be some good news coming soon. You know, that's one guy that once he decides uh, to hang up the steering wheel, and that will be a decision that he'll make, it doesn't seem like he's going to get forced out of the sport because he's fought his way back in several times. Well, he's a very likable guy, as you and I both know. Yeah. Um, and he's just got people that, even though he's been doing this for 20-plus years now, he's got people that believe in him. And I think that he should definitely join a broadcast partnership somewhere with somebody. I mean, he's, he's well-spoken, and he is incredibly knowledgeable. I could listen to David Starr talk for hours, and we almost have. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's just a great guy to talk to, uh, very personable, very knowledgeable. I, I think that once he does decide to, to, to hang up the steering wheel and, and uh, retire the fire suit uh, over to, uh, to, to Lori's house, that, uh, <laughs> that, that uh, I think he needs to join a broadcast partnership uh, yep. somewhere, at least. All right, let's get to some more, uh, more local news. The Beatrice Spring Nationals, Dirk, can you believe it? We're a month away from racing, scheduled racing. We'll see if it happens, because like Beatrice always says, you know, if it happens, we're going to make a bunch of money. If it doesn't happen, we didn't lose much money. Why didn't they just race this week? They should have. But the weather forecast coming up for the next 10 days... I mean, it was I 59 my, degrees today. You I know. know. I, I sat outside today with our lawn chair and, and overwatching the chickens. Just They were all playing around, eating. I was tossing treats oh, out so for you them. you were watching the kids. Yes, I was watching the kids. <laughs> but that's, that's the first time since... I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's the first time in 2022, at least, that I've got to sit outside and sit out in the sun. And, and I had a tough time. I was kind of breaking a sweat. It was absolutely perfect out uh, and I got a little ahead of myself, and I, I kind of got myself sold that we may be done with winter. I think no. we're going to have an early spring this year. Well, I mean, kudos to the weatherman because they said this year was going to be a very mild winter, and so far they've been right. I know the farmers are complaining a little bit because we haven't had near the snow or nope. the moisture they need. Nope. But, uh, you know, as far as city folk go, we can't complain too darn much. You know, we're in, in February when it's, what's the average temperature now? Probably around... 18 to 20? Yeah. Probably something like that right well, now. Well, in the last and couple of years, you know, I'd always talked about, we always had that really, really cold snap in January, and, and that happened about four or five years ago. And then it kind of started to shift to late January and early February. We'd always get a really cold snap. We had the cold snap in January, and now it kind of feels like things are starting to warm back up again. Who knows if, uh, if this weather is going to continue and hold out, but I do pray because it's, it's very, uh, very, very important to us that we do have a wet spring. Oh, absolutely. A, a wet spring means races are going to get rained out, but it also means we're going to have food on the plate come June and July when things start harvesting and stuff like that. But Well, I just come over and raid your garden. That's what I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, by the way, I'm on Quaker Steak and Lube's uh, uh, Facebook page. 
their big game special, $5 off a bucket of wings, breaded or boned in, $12.99, 16-inch pizzas, $12 domestic buckets of beer, uh, $12 fried shrimp with side. You know, that's something we don't have a lot here when we come down as fried shrimp. They've got that boom-boom fried shrimp, and I don't yeah. think this is the same thing because this is... Well, the boom-boom shrimp ain't going in this mouth. Oh. Boom Boom Shrimp is so I good. I like shrimp, but uh, when you put the Boom Boom in front of it, <laughs> then it goes Boom Boom out the back, too. Right. Uh, $12, <laughs> your cheeseburger with sides. $12, boneless wings with side. Uh, and then uh, $12, bone-in wings with side. So $12 is the uh, the number game going on here. It feels like a, a Kaziski or an I-80 Speedway deal. You know, like it's uh, a tribute to the 12 drivers, so everything pays $1,012, $2,012. Well, but Chris wasn't number 12 that I can recall. What is 12? I'm uh, trying to figure that out. What's the significance of 12? There's obviously a significance because it's 12, 12, 12, 12, 12. Um, is this your 12th year? Is this your 12th year being open? That might be it. Uh, I don't think so. I, I think th- that's it. It might be. a couple be. of years ago when I was working down here doing bike nights... We just missed the, the 10th anniversary. I, I think that might be it. I well, think might they might be, be celebrating 12 years. Huh. Anyways, so get down to Quaker Steak and Lube for the big game specials. Uh, they all start, looks like most of them start at about 4 o'clock. Game's at 5.30? Yeah, the game's yeah. usually a, a early evening start, late afternoon start. All right, Frostbuster, at, uh, which is a tour around the area, is uh, Wednesday, April 6th to Sunday, April 10th. So we talked about the Beatrice Spring Nationals. Now we're talking about the uh, Frostbuster Challenge, which uh, looks like is at Benton County Speedway. I don't even know where half these tracks are. Independence Motor Speedway, Marshall Speedway, Boone Speedway, and then Stewart Speedway. Uh, So I know the last three. I've never heard of Benton County Speedway or I think I've heard of Independence. You said Benton County, right? Benton. It's a B. Benton. Yeah. That's eastern eastern side of Iowa. Okay. And that cool. makes sense because this is kind of an IMCA uh, deal with uh, modifieds, stock cars, hobby stocks, and sport compacts. They're also going to sprinkle in uh, hobby stocks here and there, sport mods here and there, and then looks like outlaw mini mods are going to be added to the Stewart Speedway date on Sunday, April 10th. You can find out more information about that. It's a five-track tour Kicking off uh, Wednesday, April 6th, ending Sunday, April 12th. And uh, they're going to have practices, looks like, at Stewart Speedway on Tuesday, April 5th, starting at 7 o'clock. And so Sunday's April 10th, not April 12th. That'll be Tuesday. What did I say? Did I say 12th? Yes, you said 12th. I was still stuck on the 12s with yep. Quaker Steak and Lube. <laughs> uh, the Midwest Madness Tour. Midwest Madness Tour in uh, 2022. Looks like Sunday, June 26th at Worthington Speedway. Monday, June 27th at Clay County Fair Speedway. Tuesday, June 28th at Buena Vista Raceway in Ulta. Wednesday, June 29th is going to be at Shelby County Speedway. And then Thursday, June 30th, Stewart Speedway. Nightly classes are going to include modified stock cars, sport mods, hobby stocks, and sport compacts. This was put together by uh, Tim uh, Sakarin, who uh, has come on. Uh, actually, he's never been on the show. I invited him on a couple of times, but he's like, He's too shy. Uh, yeah, he, that is literally it. He's like, I, I, I can't do an interview. Can, I, can we just talk over Facebook Messenger? Yeah, he, like, he's, he's only a 12-year-old. So. <laughs> but uh, Midwest Madness Tour presented by Western Iowa Racing Results. Find out more information on their Facebook page. Once again, Midwest Madness Tour 
more information on that date. And then we've got a Rodders and Racers swap meet. That's going to be coming up the weekend after the Daytona 500. That's Sunday, February 27th. It's in Sioux City, and it's not just for racers. It also includes hot rodders. So you can get more information on that. On uh, We'll share that to our Facebook page also, but the new Raceway Park is the one that shared it out that I saw it on. I think that's it, Dirk. Are you newsed out? I think so. Okay. Is there anything else that we need to cover? I don't know. Let's see. Today is, what, February 8th? Yes. Are we doing anything on Thursday the 12th? Yeah, we're going to do another interview. We're going to do another one. Um, so we'll have to record on Wednesday. What? I'm just asking. Okay. Every, everything's been about the 12th. It is. So. We are going to do one on the 12th. <laughs> hey. But who are we going to talk to on the 11th? I don't know. Oh, okay. Do you think I think that far ahead? No, you usually think about five minutes ahead. That's when I get that <laughs> Well, you know text. what? I think you're giving me a little credit there. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Mike Densberger, 2021 Eagle Raceway Modified Track Champion, is going to join us in turn number two, and that will wrap up the show for today. Big thanks uh, to everybody for coming out of Quaker Second Lube and supporting the front stretch. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. We'll be right back on the front stretch. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the Pubcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's gonna run faster, cooler, and the battery's gonna last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. If you love wings, if you love rings, and all kinds of other tempting things, great times, great food, get too quick to stay and move. Quaker Steak and Lube is the official watering hole of the front stretch and the home of MAV-TV, featuring action from the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Great times, great food, get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Located on Mid-America Drive in Council Bluffs. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, continuing our track champions interviews. We're live. Well, we were live. Now we're semi-live. Semi-live at uh, Quaker Steak and Lubin Council Bluffs, uh, the official watering hole of the front stretch, hanging out in the Corvette room. It's a beautiful car. Yeah, it is. I wonder who dusts it. There's got to be a team that comes in and does it, right? Uh, I bet it's a leaf blower. Yeah, probably. Could be. We're talking with uh, your 2021 
Eagle Raceway track champion for the modified division. This guy's been doing modifieds for a long, long time. First popped on my radar when we, uh, you were racing the uh, USMTS series. Yeah, I did a couple years uh, traveling, trying out that beast. And uh, yeah, had a great time doing it. Had the uh, opportunity, so jumped at it. And uh, it was a blast, learned a lot, a lot of traveling, met a lot of good people, still friends with today, and mm -hmm. just kind of a nobody in that class, but it was a blast doing it. It's, there's a, it takes a, a special effort to, to tour that much. Uh, a lot of patience and, um, and to be able to put up with a lot of crap, but you probably pull a lot of memories out of that. Oh, yeah, for sure. It is, uh, it's a grind, like a weekly racing through the Midwest, anywhere you go, Iowa, Nebraska, wherever you want to say is. It's a grind, but having three, four day swings, doing it mostly by myself or just me and my dad, and you're going against literally professional teams. Yeah. You know, guys, four or five guys, like on a payroll, tire guys, setup specialists, that sort of stuff. So it was just a blast just trying to be respectful of everyone's stuff. And I snuck out a couple top fives out of that deal. So it was, it was a fun time. <laughs> well, uh, and a ton of experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Makes you a better driver against that quality competition. They're, everyone there is, is for real. Like, it's serious, yeah. you know. Well, I, I think there's uh, one of the biggest things I've learned from this show is that if you want to get good at doing anything, you kind of have to tour. Weekly racing makes you good to a certain point, but you've got to go and race those other tracks. Even if you race like crap at them, you learn something that you can apply at your home tracks. Yeah, if you want any sort of advice, it'd be... Uh Start somewhere where you can get every lap you can get, whether that's a place that doesn't fill out an A feature. Getting 20 laps in an A feature is the best thing for you. And then different tracks. You got to get different services, different track conditions. It's, it's the best thing you could do. Learning how to set up cars, different tracks, traveling to places you've never been to. Different if you gearing. Yep, absolutely. Learn how to drive absolutely. better. It's got to be tough that when you're on like a struggling streak to be like, all right, let's go drive five and a half hours to go suck again because we just don't have our stuff together right now. Yep, pack up, leave late nights, get up early, only want to work on the car sort of thing. Yeah, but it's a grind. You love it, though. You just yeah. love to do it. It's a blast. It is a blast. Probably the best job you ever had. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking, if I didn't say it before, we're talking with Mike Densberger. By the way, you drive the 81 machine. That is correct. <laughs> I think of the last time you were on the show, I forgot what car number you drove. You remember where I'm from? Yeah. Uh... Honestly, I don't because I change it up every time I, I say it. <laughs> I just make up. You've been from you've been from Cameltown, right? <laughs> Nebraska. You've been from Louisiana. I make it. I don't know if people tell you about it, but Sorry, I just that was me and put you on the spot. You did have that running joke of putting me where uh, a lot of different hometowns, but I'm from the big metropolis of Cortland, Nebraska. Cortland. Cortland, Nebraska. That is not what it says on your lineup sheet at Eagle. Yeah, I know. It needs to be changed. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what it says in your lineup sheet at I-80 either. It says Lincoln or Malcolm, but... Uh, that's close to Cameltown. <clears throat> yeah. Small town. Pass right through and go to Beatrice. I'm pretty sure... Uh, I'm pretty sure Eagle says Lincoln. And I-80 says something different. I want to... What did you say? Marshalltown? Malcolm. Malcolm? Yeah, that's what it said. No. That's where I grew up. From. No, because that's what it says uh, where Matt's from. Yeah, he's Matt says Alpha. he's from Alpha, but you're said I'll have to look it up, but it, it doesn't matter. But anyways, <laughs> uh, boy, what a tight battle picking up that track championship. Yeah, absolutely. That was, uh, you know, even as much experience as I had and, and whatnot, that's nerve-wracking down to the end. Uh, yeah, super nerve-wracking. And it was just, it was fun, though. It's, it's all well worth it at the end, and, 
and uh, see the smile on like my dad's face. I had 20 plus family members. Some never seen me race, but they were support you and what you love to do. And a lot of my family that comes weekly to watch me race and Matt were all there and just had that huge family photo in the infield at the end. It's just yeah. a pretty darn cool experience. Over there, pitted in jet row. That's right. Yep, Snob <laughs> Hill used to be called. <laughs> now nah, we're all good guys. Anyone up there help anyone out there. You know, take, anywhere in the pits. Take me through that final night, because I know that when you guys rolled out for that feature, I, I didn't know if you were going to win it, because Chad Anderson was hot for the last couple of weeks. Well, there's a couple things you look at that. So I had a decent little cushion, and I got in just my own little subconscious. I got in pretty conservative mode the last three weeks or so, and Chad just chipped away just like he needed to do. He got super aggressive, and it never... Uh, you know, he made it through each night, just beat me by a spot here and there, two spots there, and next you know, he got it within definitely striking range, and yeah, it was an awesome battle. I just had to kind of keep in my sights all night, and so what I did, I, I got ahead of him. I got pretty conservative. The track turned to kind of a one-lane track, and he actually, at one point, I could see it way out there. He got four spots on me. It's what he needed to, to beat me. He had he held the tiebreaker against me, and I don't know, I think it's about eight to go or so. Most people don't know, but I... I kind of split two cars and, and made a pass in one corner to get two of them and get right back to where they're kind of just, they're racing so tight and hard together, I couldn't get by them, and it just holding me up a little bit. Once I got by them, I felt pretty comfortable. As long as I don't have a breakdown these last few laps, I could kind of reel them in, and, and that's what I did. It was just, uh, yeah, it's just, you get butterflies like crazy, but once you're on the track, that goes away. You're just concentrating on looking in front of you, keeping the nose clean, you know. There's a couple things that are in, uh, we don't got them tons of wins like Kate did this year, but like me and Jason Danley, you know, we stress this enough. Zero DNFs. By the way, Kate had five wins. Zero DNFs. <laughs> Zero DNFs. Zero DNFs is what won the championship. Yeah. I think for both of us, really, you know. So that was, uh, that was key. One win on the year, uh, but yeah, consistency. But it, what I'm, I'm kind of curious about is, when, when you look ahead and you see Chad's four cars in front of you, how do you not overdrive the corner, slam the gas too hard, whatever? How do you not make those mistakes? Experience. I think that's kind of the experience that comes in. You just know you got to stay true to what's got you there, you know? Mm -hmm. Consistency, you know, only one win, but I think I had a streak of like six or seven or six, eight nights at top fives. Yeah. So that's just consistent on track. That's really tough to get through a field. Yeah. Week in, week out, for all divisions around Eagle. It's just the nature of the beast there and uh yeah i just stayed true i got to a spot where i i don't know if i was getting impatient but i saw a tiny little sliver and i took it in the corner and got by two cars and kind of propelled me to the end there i uh, ended up picking up the track championship by two freaking points yeah, two points it d did roger come over the radio i know in 2020 he came over and said you know features over whatever here's your top five and here's your track champion did he come over the radio that year and i don't I don't think he did, but I, I totally forgot. I knew what I needed to do, and I knew. But did you <clears throat> so you knew you were you should have had the points? But at what point did you know you had the championship? Coming out of four, yeah. Oh yeah, coming out. Because there's always like, well, Ch Chad got in some traffic and I actually caught up to him, and I stuck my nose under him, and I think he realized it was probably my nose, and he got he went in my to the bottom, yeah, and actually backed off about three four car lengths just in case something crazy happened, like he almost spun out or. Just anything crazy. Right. So if that were to happen, I'd have a chance to miss him because worst thing would be if I collected him and then kept him going and I got to, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I, I would love to say that the chances of that happening are nil, but, but we've seen it happen with Carl oh. Edwards and Ricky Senhouse oh. right. Jr. at Iowa Speedway. So it's, <laughs> right. 
literally the, the winner blew his engine coming out of turn four. Second place was too close and Drilled pushed him, him, him pushed him across, across the, the start finish line. line to win the race. Yeah, yeah, you just never know. <laughs> but you know, saving saving our equipment, being smart with our equipment, and being consistent. Just try to go forward every night. Go yeah. forward in that feature. And sometimes it's only to you know seventh, or, but you know, more times than not, it's in the top five, and that's what you got to do. Consistency and be smart with your car, and just try to be smooth is uh, the best way to do it. What have you been doing in the off season? Getting married. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a great year. All in all, it's been an awesome year. Yeah. Got that big track championship. By the way, that's that's kind of for my dad. Kind of like uh, what Cade came through. His dad racing. I used to see growing up. My dad versus his dad racing. You know, yeah. modifieds. My dad's raced many, many years and could never pull together a track championship. I've never seen a happier crew. Yeah, I know. I a happier it. group of people and than... Part of that is, you know, we used to go on family vacations, you know, before school start in August. And that's the kind of when point season winds down. So yeah. it's kind of a tough deal when you have to race every single night and you got a family growing up. And so it's definitely for my dad. He puts more time and effort to see in these cars go forward and succeed. The shop's out at his place out in Malcolm. I go to and help there, but he puts more man hours and power into these these cars to go fast. And by the way, how's he doing? He's doing great. He had a little accident, as some people know. Yeah, the end of last year, but he's recovering just like he's supposed to. He's he's here tonight. Did you suspend his uh, ATV driver's privileges for a little while? I wish I could. (laughs) Is he in trouble? (laughs) The uh, no, I'm not looking at him because I know he's giving me the stink eye right now. ATV is fixed. He just told me the other day. Finally got. I I kind of made sure still could run and stuff. And he said, "Oh, I got it all straightened out and tweaked out and this and that." And he goes, "I took it around the yard for the first time." He goes, "Man, I don't think I could drive that thing that slow." So (laughs) I think he learned his lesson. Just a freak deal. Just a freak little accident. I saw it's. If we can, I can edit this out if you don't want to talk about it, but. What the hell happened? Just, uh, well, I'll explain it. It was that three-day show at I-80. and it was, the, that first, it was the Cornhusker Classic. Yeah, three-day show, first night, Thursday, which I had to go back to work. So, you know, enjoyed a beer after the race. Tried to knock out maintenance. Didn't hurt the cars. So tried to help him a little bit. And, you know, I have almost an hour drive back home. So I said, I'm going to get going. He, he said he'd finish up. And he finished up. And just normal, typical night, having a couple beers. A lot of guys from Iowa, you know, mm-hmm. traveling for buddies of ours. So I think he went and talked to, like, Tim Ward, a good friend of ours from over the years, and he used to race here, and and Brandon Spanger and stuff, and just he said he's just cruising back to the toter. Don't know what happened middle of the night. Just thing just wrecked. He doesn't he yeah. doesn't remember. So, you know, just one of those freak deals. But what's scary is that the thing rolled over and pinned him. No, that's the th- <laughs> that's that that's first a mis- little report came out. It did not pin him, but okay. it came down. We're pretty sure what it is. It, it came down and crushed him, and that's okay. why all his whole left side, bunch of ribs on his left side. Ooh. And his shoulder blade is broken. Oh. And yeah, the worst part, and this is what makes you feel sick, is like your son, is he just laid there all night. He couldn't move. Yeah. He said he tried his hardest to get himself up, but he had a slightly punctured lung. and No yeah. cell phone? Uh, he's uh, in that generation where he doesn't think he needs it all the time. So he's sitting there in the toter, charging away. Can we get him a life alert? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me you got him life alert for Christmas. I had the biggest brain fart. Well, (laughs) so I got married at the end of November, and I even told a couple buddies, I'm going to give my dad a gag, life alert, fake life alert thing for Christmas gift. And I totally just spaced it off. I even looked it it up at one point on Amazon. (laughs) No, it's it's good now. You can joke about it. But, I mean, the doctor said if that sort of trauma happened to his head or neck or spine, it, it probably would have been it so that's it i mean that's so scary i mean yeah. you're what 30 34 yeah 
to, to lose your dad that yeah. I mean and somebody that you know to lose a dad sucks but your dad is your right hand man oh for sure yeah absolutely yeah it would have been oh I don't even want to think about it yeah. but that's the things you kind of think about the next day and stuff when when I got I mean hats off to the Kaziski family I got a I was at work and it's just a little after six and Joe called me like this is kind of weird and he just said hey I'm just letting you know your dad's getting taken off an ambulance had an accident last night and I'm just thinking like oh boy what I'm thinking he got looped up and something mm-hmm. crazy happened, you know, but no, it was just a simple, weird, random thing. And he said, well, he, he's, he's, uh, he talked to me and told me he's going to do all right and to give me a call. So then I called mom and he just went from there, you know, hmm. went to the hospital. Well, glad you're okay, Melvin. <laughs> glad you made it back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's doing great. He's great. doing great. All right. Back to the track championship at Eagle Raceway. You, you uh, picked up the win, picked up the championship by two points Something you've been trying to do for a long time. Yeah, we don't – yeah, we definitely points race. We don't always points race, especially when you kind of get out of it, uh, out of kind of, like, you think, contention. But, you know, this year, you, you just – you really never know, even when you think you know. You know, at some point, you know, there's, there's some stiff competition, and some of it travels, but you don't know when they are. So, you know, Jordan started out the year hot, and you don't know what his plans are. And, and Jenkins started out very consistent and hot, and we actually literally talked about – swinging out west because we have a sponsor out there and maybe Rake making a swing to North Platte and Lexington just to go see him and then uh, there was a DQ in the tech that kind of gave us a open door for really a three-way battle to the end and then Hyde had a so engine failure to end the year to end his year and it just kind of came down to me and Chad and just a battle to the end you know it was just yeah. an awesome awesome battle and hats off to him I mean we race each other clean every night Every like all year, and we were yeah. in the battle last I don't know six seven weeks. A pretty clear cut. It was going to be mostly us two down to it. Chad's one of those guys that it seems to happen more in probably the modifieds and maybe a little bit in the late models. That there's a couple of guys. There's probably a handful, maybe five or six guys that they just they drive like every corner is the last corner. Uh-huh. And for me as a as an announcer and a spectator, I love that. And I think Chad is one of those guys that he definitely drives with an aggression level that we're sorely missing in this sport. But he also drives with a respect level that counterbalances that a little bit. He's aggressive, but he knows when to lift to not slam into somebody's door. Oh, yeah. And years, uh, 10 years ago or so, you know, we even got into a little bit because of that. But we were both, you know, finding our way in the sport. And, yeah, learning how to control that aggression is kind of the key. And, yeah, he's definitely... Uh, an aggressive driver, but it's never out of control, you know, and, and I guess you could also say it runs in his family. So <laughs> yeah. Dustin's good, too. He's taking some time back, I think, kind of growing a family, but he showed up a couple of weeks, picked off his win, and disappeared in the sunset for the rest of the season sort of thing, you know. Right. But. I, I joked because it was like Chad won one week, and then all of a sudden Dustin showed up and won, oh, we, and then we Dustin's made, like, I'm out. We all made that joke, and I right. went down to tell Dustin the week, so he came that first week, got a DNF, and I go, here we go. He's going to be front row Joe and go pick off this win. And I was down there trying to add some pressure. You know, hey, pressure's on you tonight, man. You, you know where you're going to start. You're going to clean sweep in this heat mm-hmm. race and go start up front. And, of course, he did what he always does and just goes out there. And, yeah, you had a good race. So. No, that you, whole family's good, all those guys down there. Do you like playing mind games? Uh, everyone does, but it's, yeah. you get to the point. You just know what they're doing. It's, yeah. I mean, it's true, though. Sometimes you'd rather not start in the front row because now you know there's no excuse. You know? Right. There's right. no excuse. All right, plans for 22. What are you doing? Don't know, just like a lot of people here. Yeah, you do. You're waste, racing weekly at Eagle. We're going to start the year just like we did, yeah. just uh, racing and see how it plays out. If we want to do a little traveling, do a little traveling. 
probably start out at, at I-80, but it it's, works a lot easier for me living in Cortland and with my work schedule to race Beatrice, so we'll probably go down there and hit again, and that's where our chassis builder's from, and we got an awesome relationship with Johnny, and looks like we got a new A-Mod coming in board. It might be pretty fast this year. That one, our car, and yeah, I think the modified class is going to get pretty stout again, which it's never been bad but you got harker when was in here it? And well it, i mean it's just it's thinned out quite a bit over the last few years but you've still got when a class shows up and there's 15 modifieds 10 of the guys are top notch that's a, that's the thing exactly exactly one of those you're saying hey any of these 10 of these 18 cars can win at any time yeah. so that's key and there's there's a lot of it, it's on the sports kind of going this way slowly but uh, there's a lot of like big money racing and weekly racing for a points battle is kind of going a little bit by the wayside. Yeah. So a lot of middle of the season, big you know three four week long shows that you can win fifty thousand yeah. dollars sort of thing. You know. So any thoughts of running like this Midwest Madness Tour or the Nebraska Crown or stuff like that? If I've learned anything over the years, that's when you know rain's coming. Whenever yeah. dates they set <laughs> is when rain's going to come through Nebraska. That's what, that's what uh, you know. So we're going to the uh, Nebraska the uh, the Columbus Swap Meet on Saturday and. Uh, uh, Scott Angel messaged me and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna make our announcement at the show. Can we come on your show and help out?" And in the back of my head, I'm like, "What's the point? You're gonna get rained no, out anyway." Yeah. <laughs> they ran into some tough luck. Yeah, I think we might try to run that swing. Uh, it kind of kind of did in the middle of the season this year and just didn't work out for work and stuff. But we're really not quite sure. We'll just kind of see. I mean, run the same cars we ran last year, so our cars are pretty much ready. We've we've got them down there and got some stuff tweaked on them down at Jets and and yeah, we're kind of ready to go for the most part. Are you modified through and through, or are you interested in maybe moving into another class? I'd love to maybe try a sprint car, but yeah? I don't think the wife really? really wants me to very much. But No, we've been modified. It's the only thing I've ever raced. It really is. A few go-kart races from my dad's buddy, and that's otherwise I just started to modify, and I was like 19 yeah. years old. But he taught me how to race and just taught me how to be respectful and clean, and I used to go to McCool and finish sixth out of six, you know, for a while. <laughs> that sounds bad, but no, for real, we were going there just... Just to get laps, just to get experience, you know, just to learn what it's like to win your first heat race and that sort of stuff when you're young and don't yeah. know anything about racing. A lot of people work their way up through sport compacts, hobby stocks, sport mods, that sort of thing, you know. But no, we're just uh, we're just a small little racing family, really. We don't really ever make big plans for the racing season and just we'll take it week by week, which I know is kind of a cliche, but we'll see what the summer brings well i definitely hope you're there weekly to eagle and i-80 because i always seem to find myself down at your guys's pits enjoying a cold one i'm not gonna lie i wish i was better at that i-80 track there's a i just struggle there it's I don't a know. conundrum it, for some people it just and they like uh i think of uh kevin zeitner he yeah. just yeah he's a couple track he, champions at shelby but uh yeah can't get, cannot just, figure out i-80 and he's mm-hmm. got he's got his family's got plenty of history of racing and, and winning at I eighty. Oh, for sure. But he yeah. just can't figure it out. Yeah, for sure. And it's kind of the same, you know. I I love Beatrice, and I think I'm more competitive there. And my dad used to say I hated Beatrice and just our driving styles or whatever. But I don't. Know, I like that place down there. And yeah. well, if you're gonna figure out I eighty, this kind of be a neat year to do it. Be the last modified champion at the track would be yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, would be pretty cool. That'd be pretty darn cool. So yeah, I really wonder what they're gonna do. Out. I hope they get some more cars. I really do. Because this kid, that family, they've, they've always been great to us. And, yeah. uh, you know, if this is it for them, then that's uh, quite the story little chapter in that right. place. And I hope it goes on. I don't know if it's going to. I'm but. heartbroken there's no Charlie Clark Memorial this year. Yeah, I know. I'm hoping that there's a, another shoe to drop that it, <laughs> he hasn't announced it yet, but it'll happen. But That place should almost just strictly go uh, big money racing. Because, man, they yeah. sure put on big events well. 
Yeah. From modifieds, delayed models, sprint cars, everything. They put on Absolutely. big shows. Absolutely. Any well, USMTS racing this year, you think? No, I don't think so. We've. No. I still got my old motor. I blew it up to end my USMTS sort of career, but it was, it's didn't destroy it. It's still got the block and all stuff's good. So we've thought about piecing it together and maybe hitting some stuff down in Missouri, and, but we do, we do. If we don't, I don't know. It's tough with those guys because <laughs> you can't go into a one-off and really kind of have a competitive chance. No, it wouldn't be USMP. It'd be USRA, which is the okay. same rule book, but like for their weekly racers. So down in like yeah. Missouri and stuff, they run USRA. You know, same like, same like I'm saying in NASCAR, but you know, USMTS, same exact same car and tire rule and all that sort of stuff. It's the exact same. Did you go race Bristol last year? Yep. How'd that go? <sighs> that was awesome. It was an experience. <laughs> it was an experience. I think about 120 cars and yeah. You say there's probably about 50 to 60 that all could have made the show. You just need luck, and that place is crazy. You yeah. just get touched, and you just destroy a race car. Well, I've, and I, I like uh, Jake Bridge was talking about, he goes, the first time we were at full speed went to the corner, he goes, like, it, you, you think you're going straight for the wall, but somehow you just stick to the it track. It just turns. It's so banked. And yeah. That, that, like, red clay down there. Yeah, it just puts you in your seat. It's hard to explain. It's just... Think about like the bottom of a hill on a roller coaster is what mm-hmm. it's like through that whole corner. And it just sinks you in your seat and hang on. Just hang on. I got a cool GoPro video and you watch my, my hood. And it buckles down so hard you can see like my throttle the whole time. Wow. <laughs> Good land. It's cool. All right. Make sure to thank some of those great sponsors that help you uh, get the 81 machine up and down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alfred Warden's son, Randy Warden, those guys. Uh, Zamp Racing. Uh, Jet down at, or Johnny down at Jet Racing. He does so much not just for us for everyone if you guys actually get to know him just for a quick example matt needed a part my brother-in-law and johnny's trying to get to me on on uh sunday he made a car deal naturally for his little car lot he goes hey this guy's gonna come stop at Cortland gas station to meet you there to give him a part so he tries his way to do his best for customer service for everyone uh gaina <clears throat> truck next rating that's where i work they do they do a lot to let me travel when i used to and that sort of stuff so kramer bar and grill Neiman Refuse, Skytop Towers, Cutting Corner, and Densburger Farms. And, of course, my mom and dad and my wife, Lindsay. I heard a beer sponsor in there, too. The bar? Oh, yeah. Kramer <laughs> Barbell. Yeah, yeah. Mike Rothel's guys. Him and my dad go way, way, way back. There's a, there's a funny little video of my Mike Roth's dad used to record all the time. Like, big hmm. camcorders. Mm-hmm. Oh, some, like the VHS. Re- kind of, yeah. Mike showed me one this last year of them down in Knoxville. Because my parents go to Knoxville for nationals every year. So my dad is like my age, and it's kind of scary to see that, you know, <laughs> him in his 30s and my mom down there. What's, okay, so, so marriage is done. You guys are all together and, and having a great life with kids? Yeah. Not yet. Yet? Yep, got to get through honeymoon. Soon? Okay. Where are you guys going for your honeymoon? Belize. Really? Nice. You might not come back. Yeah, I know. There's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your life insurance. Yeah. Don't tell it. She's listening. Yeah. That's, I've, I've kept my life insurance information away from Sarah. No, it's exciting. Last year was literally the best year of my life. It was between racing and my personal life. It's, I couldn't ask for Yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm really happy for you because obviously winning the championship's a big deal, but you seem a lot happier. Oh, yeah, for Just sure. like the relaxation at the racetrack. That, you know, it's, it, it's got to be an, an, an amazing thing to just have your wife there at the racetrack with you. Whether she's taking pictures and posting Except stuff on for, Facebook uh, or one race she missed. <laughs> she missed one race. Was that your win? Was that the one you won? It was the one I won. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Well, she now you got to come her, race. Uh, she had her bachelorette party with Lydia Grossenbacher and that whole family. They had a whole big cruise, so I just made the joke that I gotta 
she can't take all the limelight, so of course I go and pick up first one of the year out there. <laughs> she, she fit in pretty good with the racing girls. Oh, absolutely. The, the yeah, wives. That, that's who we. That's how we met through Lydia Grossenbacher and oh, my really? sister. Yeah, they're mutual friends, and absolutely. So yeah, yeah. Well, she's good. never really been around racing, but yeah, she's embraced it 100. percent Congratulations. Thank you. All right, and big win on the uh, and congratulations on the big championship too. Mike Densberger in the 81 machine, your 2021 Eagle Raceway Modified Track Champion. Congratulations Thank you. again. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, guys. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Big thanks to Quaker Steak and Lou for letting us come down and do our interviews for all of our Eagle Raceway track champions. Big thanks to Rick Havenridge of Wealth Partners, our sponsor for the Pickups Contest. Make sure to message the, the uh, Front Stretch Facebook page if you want to get involved in the absolutely free Pickums Contest, which is a NASCAR fantasy league throughout the entire season. And that's presented once again by Rick Havenridge of Wealth Partners. Find out what Rick can do for you today, rickhavenridgeadvice.com. Uh, big thanks to Taylor Computers and Repair for all the technical support and Joe's Karting for title sponsoring uh, all of these shows at the front stretch, uh, for title sponsoring the front stretch. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. That's going to do it for us today. Have a great week, everybody.